thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Uh, we're looking at this series in, in Haggai and Zechariah that's called Prioritise. And uh, I started by talking about things ain't what they used to be. Uh, it's a very famous saying and maybe you agree with that. Curly Whirlies, for example. Curly Whirlies, I'm sure, used to be as big as you know, oh, at least at least that big. But uh, now you're probably talking about that big, and they're mostly air, aren't they? So it, it's not quite what it used to be. Wagon wheels, wagon wheels used to be the size, probably, of a literal wagon wheel, but uh, now it's probably a, a very small circular biscuit that you get to eat. But it's also very true that things ain't what they used to be in a positive way. Tires on cars used to last for 10,000 miles. Now they can last and drag on till 60,000 miles. Cars, well, they were built to last solid, reliable, dependable things. And yet now, actually, they're designed to crumple, which keeps you safe. So maybe when we look back, we have a rose-tinted view of things and we go, well, things just aren't what they used to be. We've had to replace our fridge freezer many times over the last few years. Whereas some people probably have had a fridge freezer that's lasted over and over and over that time. But maybe we live in the present today with a feeling that things have gone wrong and we won't ever get back to where we once were or where we wanted to be. Well, Haggai's second prophecy in chapter two has three questions, three priorities and three promises. So let's read the chapter. Chapter two, verses one to nine says this. In the second year of King Darius, on the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Speak to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, to Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people. Ask them, who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? But now, be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work, for I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations and what is desired by all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace declares the Lord Almighty. Now, if you were there on Sunday, you would have experienced Faye reading for us in a really good way. So sorry, today might not be as good as Sunday was, which actually illustrates the point that Haggai chapter 2 is all about. The three questions he starts with in verse 3 says this, 
Who's left that remembers the old temple? Second question, what's it looking like now? Third question, paraphrased by Johnny Harrison, does it look a bit rubbish? You know, I could ask you, who is here that is old enough to remember the Abbey Road building? Who is here that remembers it being built? Who remembers before that to Victoria Hall? And is there anyone that goes back beyond that time even? I can remember as a child being brought up to Barrow. My grandparents, um, my grandma was born in Barrow and uh, she used to have friends up here. So I can remember mum and dad bringing me with her to see Mr and Mrs Callister. And I can remember running around in the building site that was Springmount Abbey Road. And actually people might think, well, today's not as good as those days. But we could ask the same questions that Haggai asks of you today. How are things looking right now? Maybe it's improved in some ways. Maybe it's not the same. But hopefully it doesn't seem like nothing. We read last week that the returning exiles had made a start on building and then stopped for about 20 years. And last week they'd realised their mistake and started again to build and show the presence of God in their midst. And here in chapter 2, around two months later, they're looking at the efforts, suddenly realising that what they're building is not going to be like the old temple. That temple that Solomon built in all its grandeur, with all that no expense spared, with all those beautiful things, and what they're building today just isn't going to match up. Things are definitely not what they used to be. But this chapter says, the best is yet to come. Maybe they feel like giving up. Maybe they think, well, we can't compete with what it used to be. We can't ever be like that temple back in the day in all its splendour and extravagance. Maybe you're thinking, this is going to be rubbish. So what is the point? Their work, their effort, their obedience may seem like nothing at all. It may just look a bit rubbish. So what's our response in that situation when things just don't look as good as they were? Should we just stop? Throw in the towel? Maybe just not even try anymore because after all, what's the point if it's not going to be as good? Anybody feeling like they're standing with these people, maybe they're trying hard but just feel like never measure up. Is that you today? Feel like you're trying hard but you'll just never measure up. So the three questions are for you today. Does it just not look as good as it used to? Do you remember what it was? Do you want to get back there? Well, here come the priorities. Verses 4 to 5, Haggai shares the priorities that these people need. Verses 4 to 5, it says, be strong. Firstly, individuals are addressed. Zerubbabel, that's a good one to say, and Joshua, told be strong. Then it's all the people. Be strong, be strong, be strong. There's the first priority today. And you might not want to hear that phrase, you know, be strong. You might not want to hear it. Maybe you're in a fight Maybe things don't feel as good. Maybe it's a season of difficulty. Maybe it even feels like you're losing the battle. And it's be strong is an easy thing to say, but it's not easy to be. I've uh, been going to a few gym classes over the few uh, last few months. Uh, one of them I've done is called Box Fit, and your arms ache and they burn, and, and you've got to you've got to uh, to exercise your upper body. And there's times where you want to just stop and shake off your arms. But the trainer comes along and says, come on, just a bit more. Effectively, be strong. And it does squeeze that little bit extra. You don't want to give up because you want to be strong. 
But God doesn't say be strong in yourself. God doesn't say it's all about you. He says be strong. And we've got to be strong in the Lord. If we're not careful when we read this passage, we actually miss the full sentence because you've got this little phrase, be strong, declares the Lord. And we could stop there. But actually, let me read it a different way. Be strong and work, declares the Lord Almighty. It's just and work comes after that phrase. So the first priority for the people today is be strong. And the second priority is and work. Don't just expect things to happen. Don't just expect it to fall into our laps. Because actually, just like the gym, the effort is worth it. You know, a few months ago, we did a sermon series on the names of God. One of them was Jehovah Sabaoth. And that, it means the Lord of Angel Armies. And that title is used again and again and again in chapter 2 of Haggai. The Lord Almighty. We are not in this fight on our own. We have the backup of the Lord of Angel Armies. The priority here for the people was to rebuild, to focus on God and his presence. But the glory is in him and not in the structure, not in the house, not in the building, not just in our strength. Be strong in the Lord and work. I shared on Sunday, we used to sing an old song. It was called, uh, be strong and put on the armour of God. Be strong and put on the armour of God. Stand, stand, stand your ground and in his mighty power. Be strong and put on the armour of God. There you go, a little, little song for you this morning. Be strong and put on the armour of God and in his mighty power. Be strong and work. This message doesn't just come through Haggai, it comes throughout the Bible. Here's a few examples. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verses 6 to 8 says this, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. What's the message there to God's people, to Moses, to Joshua? Be strong I am with you. Deuteronomy 31, 23. The Lord gave this command to Joshua, son of Nun. Be strong and courageous, for you will bring the Israelites into the land I promised them on oath, and I myself will be with you. Be strong, I am with you. Joshua 1, verses 6 to 9. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Be strong, I will be with you wherever you go. Repeated again in Joshua 17, in Joshua 23. And interestingly, Solomon, when he was told to build the first temple, 
in 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 10, it says this, Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house as the sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. The second priority is to do the work. Those verses to Joshua, it said, don't turn from the right or left of, of what God has commanded. Be obedient to serve. Don't, don't stop meditating on his word. Solomon, be strong and do the work. You know, priorities will involve effort. It will involve work. It will involve a struggle. But be strong in him and he will be with you in it. It may not be like it used to be, but the best is yet to come. This talk on this video will not be the same as the one I gave on Sunday. I could be a bit disappointed. I've not got anybody here to tease or anybody here to bounce off. But actually, the message is the same. Be strong and do the work. The second priority is to work. There's a phrase and a saying that Paul Hardingham has used many times over the years in our leadership meetings that is, pray like it all depends on God and work like it all depends on you. That's a quote by St. Augustine. Be strong and work. Be strong and work. The third priority that's mentioned in this passage is do not fear. 1 John chapter 4 verse 18 says there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. In Hebrew, there are several words for fear. One is pachad. This is an irrational, projected or imagined fear. A fear that rejection will destroy us. A fear that something that hasn't happened or isn't happening or won't happen. Or even those irrational fears of monsters under the bed. Jason Manford's little girl once came to him in the night and he said, why are you awake? And she said, it's the monster under the bed. And so Jason Manford, as a good dad, said to her, just go back to sleep. There is no monster under your bed. To which she replied, oh, it's not under my bed. It's under yours. Bit scary, that, isn't it? I don't think he slept after that. But that fear is irrational. There isn't a monster under the bed. But another word for fear in Hebrew is yira. And that's a fear that overcomes us when we suddenly find ourselves with more energy than we're used to. A fear of inhabiting a larger space than we're used to inhabiting. Or on being on sacred ground and realising we aren't good enough. That's a different type of fear. That's not that trembling in fear of, of spiders or, or, or other things. But God says, do not fear. The past is gone, but I am still the same God and I am with you. My spirit is with you. My spirit can be in you and I keep my promises. Three priorities that the Israelites, the people of Judah even, were given in this passage. Be strong, do the work, and don't be afraid, because I'm with you. And it finishes with three promises. The first one is, I'm going to shake things up. God says I'm going to shake things up physically, the heavens, the land and the sea. Geographically, all nations, the people and governments. And I believe we're seeing a whole lot of shaking going on. I think that's a, a song by Elvis, maybe, I don't know. Even in the church over the last couple of years, it feels like there's been a sifting, a sorting out, maybe a, a seeing who is still standing, who is persevering, who is actually being strong and working. Do you know, shaking isn't always a bad thing, is it? Milkshakes, they're a pretty good thing. 
Shaking Stevens, not so great. God says, I will shake things up. But then he says, and what is desired by all will come. What is desired by all will come. The second promise is this, that God's glory will be greater than it is today. It'll be greater than that temple of the past because God will be present to us all. God's glory will be greater, better than it was before. The best is yet to come. After all, everything already belongs to him. The cattle on a thousand hills, the gold, the silver, it's all his. Matt Redman wrote a worship song that said, I'm breathing the breath that you gave us to breathe to worship you. I'm breathing the breath that you gave us to breathe to worship you. Even as we sing our praises of him, we're giving back to him what he's given to us. The promise is that it's all his and his glory will be the best. He's already put things right and he's going to put more things right. The best is yet to come for those who prioritise strength in him, who work for him and who are not fearful because they know the perfect love that is God. And the third and final promise in this passage is this. In this place... I will grant peace. Things aren't what they used to be, but the best is yet to come. Who would love to see a peace-filled world? One day that will be the case. The heavens and the earth will be renewed. A peace of God will be with us. But actually we can experience him today, yet the best is still to come. We can look at the problems that we're in at the present and we can compare them with the past glories and memories. We can prioritise strength and work. And as a result, know that we do not need to be fearful because he will be with us. That's a promise we haven't even looked at today, but it is a promise throughout God's word. He will be with us. And finally, we can know his presence, his provision and his peace. Even in the midst of shaking, even in the midst of, of troubles and strife. We can know we don't need to be fearful because his peace passes understanding. So Haggai chapter 2 verses 1 to 9. Maybe what I've said in this video isn't as good as what was said on Sunday morning. But the best is yet to come if we prioritise him. Be strong in him. Work for him. And experience his peace and love. We don't need to be afraid for he is with us. I hope you've enjoyed this taste of what we had on Sunday. I'm sorry if it's not quite the same, but God is with us. Amen.